How's it hanging, Splatters? I'm slow. And I am bro. And we're coming at you on another beautiful day in the Splatlands, for now at least. Make no mistakes, Splatlandians. Every day we continue to wake up unsplatted on this moral coil is a blessing and a miracle for dark forces dwell beneath our feet. And on the down low is your number one spot to wade through the slop and get to the truth, so let's dive in. So bro, as we all know, Splatsville is about to receive a huge injection of new turf warriors who think they can splat with the best of them. That's right, a perfect opportunity for some Octarian or Salmonoid scheme to go right under our noses. Well yes, obviously, but also a perfect opportunity for us to gain some new listenership. It's our civic duty to keep the citizens informed of the hidden dangers that all the other news outlets are too scared to cover after all. Ah. So it is time once again to educate the masses on the history of bloody combat in these lands? You're gosh dolphin right, bro. So listeners, on tonight's special episode, we will regale you with the tale you won't find in any history book. Well, some of it you might find in a... Uh, you know what I mean. It's history time for the newbies, so buckle up. Episode of the Switch It Up Podcast, Season 4, Episode 5? Five. 5. 5. My name is Tyler, joined as always by my co-host Colby. Colby, how are you doing today on this on this fine, fine evening? Ah, uh, man, I am... I'm just mentally beat down by, by video games, and everything I stand for in gaming has been put to the test in, in Remake. I've hit my breaking point as far as combat goes, and it's just... Trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, which is not my speed at all, but yeah, I'm, you know, going for the platinum in that game requires you to beat all the Shinra Combat Virtual Simulator missions, and my final one to do is a gauntlet of fighting every summon in a row, and, and at the very end, Bahamut summons his own summon, so it's two summons versus three of us, and then there's a fight after that, so it is just a gauntlet of hell. I am just been trapped in for literally the last three hours in that game, and I've, I've tried so many things with materia and characters and certain abilities and weapon types, and just I get close. I get I've gotten to the point where Bahamut summons Ifrit, and then it just goes downhill immediately. I haven't even got to the final battle yet, so just goes to show you what kind of hell I'm in. Hopefully, I'm get through that soon. But other than that, can't really complain. That's taken up the most of my time. Um, it is Splatoon three week. So I, it is. a new game will maybe break. Maybe I can. Hopefully, I can beat remake hard mode before that comes out, or else I don't know what's gonna happen. We'll cross everything <laughs> we get to it. But Tyler, yeah. how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm 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 sorry to hear about your possible burnout with Final Fantasy VII remake. I, it's not burnout. It's just like every time, like I every time I get to Bahamut and when he summons Ifrit. I've just hit the same problem where, like, I'm at such low health that as soon as Hifrit enters the fray, it's just over because he just uses a move and it's just instant GGs. I, I, I'm gonna get this done though. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this before Splatoon three comes out, and then I can properly lay remake to rest until I need to pick up and play Intergrade, which will probably be realistically a couple of days after. But uh, nonetheless, though, very excited for Splatoon three, which I, I have a feeling we're gonna be talking about that <clears> today quite a bit. 
yes, that that is the the crux of today's episode is all about uh, Splatoon three. But uh, as far as personal stuff goes, first and foremost, before we get there, uh, doing good. School, school. Uh, I have not had a lot of time to game at all. Most of the time, I wake up, do my Pokemon Masters dailies in the morning, and then I. I don't get really to sit down and play anything else. Uh, I recently did uh, start New Game Plus and Dying Light 2 uh, because uh, I I know that the first story DLC, Bloody Ties, is coming out, uh, I think, in October? I, I don't exactly remember. I actually didn't watch the... It was revealed during Gamescom, and I, and I wasn't there to watch it, so I learned about it after the fact, but... Uh, I sat down and started doing that, so that's been fun. How many parts uh, is that DLC? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I really am not sure. It, they called it the first story DLC, so implying the existence of maybe more after it. Uh, so not entirely sure, but I also haven't picked up Dying Light 2 in a, in a sizable portion of time. So we're getting back into it, uh, but... That will surely take a backseat, of course, when Splatoon 3 comes out in just, jeez, oh, four days. At the time of recording, yeah. At the time of recording, yes, four days. So, uh, Colby and I were wondering what we were going to do for today's recording, because it's kind of a sn- slow news day, uh, or it's been a slow news week, <laughs> I so guess. say that. <laughs> yeah, there hasn't been too much that we wanted to, you know, talk about in terms of, you know, current events and stuff. As far in the gaming space, so uh, we decided, sort of, sort of inspired by our collab with Friday Night Gamescast, uh, to sort of do a little recap on on the Splatoon series, since uh, Colby is one of the new people who will be coming into the series for the first time with three, and I'm sure he will not be the only one. I am one of the uh, new turf warriors. You are one of the new turf warriors who will be. Uh, coming in did not even play in the demo so he's fresh uh well first of all shout out to the friday games cast go listen to that collab we did uh if you're itching to hear us talk about fire emblem anymore because spoilers might not happen for a while on this network but (laughs) we we are going to give you plenty of content there as far as fire emblem goes and we are going and we are going to be joining them at a later date for a part two to talk about an exhausting game but Mm -hmm. you know listen to that give them their love they're great we had a great great time doing that but yeah today is the um splatoon how we got to splatoon 3 basically what you need to know the crash course uh you know everyone's favorite high school (laughs) videos when i forget the guy's name do you know the crash crash courses guy name oh yeah uh shoot um is it the animated one yeah like the crash course history crash course science like all that stuff I'm looking uh, up right now. Like, John and I Hank for- Green. Yes, yes. Yep, John and Hank. Or shout out to John and Hank. But Le- Legends of the game, for sure. Yeah, today is that. So sorry that you're kind of getting another history lesson right after I personally gave you the history spiel on FF7. and. No, no, no. It but, was great. Can't get enough. Go watch that episode. That was freaking sick. Well, thank you. I, I greatly appreciate it. A lot of work went into that, but, you know, it's very, the best. Excited, very excited to keep that going. Oh, stop it. This is going to be better. The Splatoon. (laughs) How we got to Splatoon 3 is basically how we got Splatoon 3 today's episode. So, Tyler, um, without any further ado, I think we should get into it by covering the first (laughs) two games in the series. And you're going to be more of the lore. I'll be more of, like, how the game got developed and who's behind the... And then we'll talk about Splatoon 3 and get people ready for that. What do you say? 
Uh, I say let's let's do this. We got a few sections. First section is just going to be about sort of development history. Uh, if you if you want to do for you know Splatoon one and two, you can do that here. Or if you want to pick up on Splatoon two and we talk about it in the lore, uh, that's fine as well. But I, I can kind of I'll, I'll do Splatoon, I'll start with Splatoon. We'll get Splatoon two when we get there. All right, Splatoon. It is a 2015 third-person shooter, uh, obviously developed and published by our favorite boys at Nintendo. Uh, it's a paintball-like turf war. That's just a very friendly way of saying it's a third-person <laughs> shooter between Inklings, who try to cover the ground using mostly ink, surprisingly enough. Uh, the game was first shown at E3 2014, and honestly, that's not that long ago, and was released for the Wii U in late may of 2015 so we're already on splatoon 3 just what seven eight years into its mm -hmm. existence that's pretty crazy but uh development it was developed by the um nintendo development team in late 2013 also known as the entertainment analysis and development team there at nintendo uh the game had over 70 total ideas but just decided to focus on inklings ink and turf that was their main kind of gimmick they wanted to get out there uh the concept first featured black and white blocks of tofu with noses that sprayed ink yeah i <laughs> that is um okay i mean that's how we got and then, and then just merely two years later we got what we got but uh fun fun trivia here a rabbit was first chosen as as its design because of its floppy ears could indicate what what direction it would be traveling but uh, the, most of the developers on that team did not like that idea, and after you know multiple ideas kicking back and forth, they ended up on a humanoid squid, which fit the theme of the game better. Uh, they added this, the swimming around ink, the turf wars mechanics, added a story, tossed in some gameplay, which I mean it's a third-person shooter doesn't get doesn't get much more self-explanatory than that. But lo and behold, Splatoon One was a shocking release for Nintendo and also a smashing hit success uh, as we talked about many times on the show uh, Splatoon's kind of now on that Mount Rushmore of Nintendo like whenever they showed the it was Animal Crossing Splatoon, Zelda, Mario those are your big four really and Splatoon I know is a huge market in Japan a good market here in the west so that is Splatoon this is where it all started Tyler I will pass the baton over to you Thank you, thank you. Yes, Splatoon has definitely exploded onto the scene of first-party Nintendo IPs. Splatted. Splatted, Splatted onto on the, the scene. scene. Yes, we are going to be making those puns a lot probably throughout this episode. Uh, but I only got into Splatoon at the second game. Uh, I I knew about the first game. Uh, I, I liked watching videos about it, but uh, I don't think we ever got... Because we had a Wii U... Uh, my brother did anyway. That's how we played Smash 4 for a little bit. But we didn't really play the Wii U that much. Uh, so I don't think we ever had Splatoon 1 in our possession. But Splatoon 2 we both did have. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's where my journey began with the series. And Colby, of course, is, is brand new. Uh, Colby, what... We should say this on air. What, what, what exactly is drawing you to Splatoon 3? Why, why now? What, what's got you hooked... Uh, on this game that you're this is like a guaranteed buy for you yeah this is this will be this will be in my collection uh, come friday when this game comes out but i mean i don't really know man it's just like i i'm itching to play something with friends like you specifically i think this can fill that niche because you for some reason you won't play mario kart with me 
you know, I, I haven't played a shooter in a long time either. And, you know, this is, I'm not good at Call of Duty and, you know, basically just your hardcore shooters, if you will. This is much more of a lighthearted, you know, different kinds of mechanics. Like, so if I suck at the whole, you know, taking out other people thing, I can cover ground and be useful in other ways. There's a lot of different modes. And, like, I this is a game that is, dare I say, getting up there and, you know, up in the tiers of just rec- being recognizable and being something people have to have. So I kind of want to be a part of that just to be like, oh, hey, I own a Splatoon game. And this is kind of the, I guess, like the Switch's Splatoon. Like, I thought Splatoon 2 was going to be the Switch's Splatoon, given that it came out in 2017, like right after the Switch came out. But I guess we're getting another one. So, yeah, and, you know, there seems to be enough enough different things here from Splatoon 2 to just pick up with this one. So that's those are kind of just the brief reasons, I suppose, the surface-level reasons. Yeah, it's a little strange. At least to me, it felt like the release when like the window between Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2 was kind of small like I didn't I was not Splatoon 2 came out on July 21st 2017 like I was not expecting a sequel to that game so close uh, after its initial release and now we're already on the third game so you know I mean Splatoon is always great fun it's proven to be a, a good formula it's good fun people like the the sort of structure that it has uh, it it's proven to be really great. It fits right in with the rest of Nintendo's uh, big hitters. So, I mean, why not? If you if you can crank them out like this fast with this much quality in them, f- you know, go for it. Print that money. So yeah, I have pretty good confidence this game's gonna sell well. Yeah, I I have very good confidence uh, that this game, especially from the first impressions of the demo, uh, definitely seems like it's gonna be uh, a good buy. But. Uh, Splatoon does have a story, and it's a, it's a very unique game. Where it's one of those stories that you need to go out of your way to get the whole picture. You know, they, like it's there if you like the lore is there if you want it, and it's pretty deep. Like it's deep, it's explorable, it's speculative. Uh, it's not just you know shoved in for the sake of you know putting it in there. the The campaign it, itself, and pretty much all three Splatoons, is actually very good. Uh, definitely not the main draw of the game, but that does they did not you know skimp out on it uh, on any of these three releases so you know this episode is kind of going to be dedicated to giving you the the history of splatoon's world sort of the vibe that you're going to get when you go into splatoon 3 give you a bit of background for some of the returning characters that are going to be there uh to you know maybe give you a a better sense of the world uh before you hop in so this will be split into a few categories uh we'll do first like history like the before times uh and then we'll get into the isolated plots of splatoon 1 splatoon 2 and then finally what splatoon 3 is seemingly building up to so we first start with the revelation that this world of splatoon is actually technically a post-apocalypse uh even though shout out breath of the wild shout out breath of the wild (laughs) Even back in Splatoon uh, 1, this was a post-apocalypse. You may have seen some of the um, <clears throat> promotional material for Splatoon 3. Saw the Eiffel Tower upside down in a desert uh, with a tattered cloaked inkling. Uh, How did we get Splatoon 3? We sacrificed France. I- yeah. Um, the, the, even in Splatoon 1, this world was a post-apocalypse. Uh, there were these things called Sunken Scrolls that you were able to find throughout levels, and they sort of detailed the history of this world. 
uh, through various means. And essentially what happens is, uh, I believe through a, a large-scale nuclear conflict, uh, humanity brings about its own destruction uh, in this world. Uh, bombs are detonated over Antarctica, uh, which causes the sea levels to drastically rise, uh, drowning everybody. Uh, that's what's sick. That's that's in the lore. That's that's the lore. I'm pretty sure. Human, <laughs> like humanity destroyed themselves. The water levels rose and drowned everybody. Uh, oh my god, that's that sounds eerily too realistic. The the remnants of humanity uh, went underground in these large uh, subterranean domes uh, in order to survive. But eventually, the rest of those humans as well eventually died out. Uh, the last human alive, or at least the one that we know the most about, was this scientist who did some a few very important things. The one, the first thing this guy did is he had a cat. His name is Judd. Uh, Judd is this guy's this ancient human's cat, uh, and he'll come into play later. Second thing he does, he builds a cryogenic, uh, you know pod chamber a cryogenic pod that can store people uh for thousands of years uh in stasis uh third thing he does is that he puts the collective knowledge of humanity uh into this old ass phone box uh and makes an ai called tartar uh with the purpose of passing on humanity's knowledge to the next you know, intelligent species of the world. And the last thing he does is he puts the AI and his cat into this cryogenic pod. Uh, he himself could have gotten into the pod, but he decides to save his cat instead. And then thus, humanity dies. That's the last of humanity wiped out and I believe 10,000 years on earth there was no activity of sentient life whatsoever and the world was just completely one giant ocean jeez that's uh that's hardcore yeah so that that is Did the, that guy win a nobel peace prize uh probably not considering what happens later we'll get to that oh god well that's a tough scene so all right continue on hu- hum- everyone's dead yes so humanity is except dead cat. <laughs> except a cat Ten thousand years go by and then uh we get into what is called the mollusk era so two thousand years before present day so this all this humanity stuff happened twelve thousand years before present day then this is all two thousand years before present day so on the timeline would this be like like the renaissance age like this is this is that like so in history classes in Inkopolis. This is on the timeline. It is kind of a renaissance because it's definitely a rebirth for the world because at this point, global water levels begin to recede. So some of the previous land begins poking up uh, from below the waves. So uh, this forces many marine creatures uh, onto what used to be Earth's dry land. And these sea creatures begin to evolve and become more intelligent. So to live on land, to live on land. Some of these creatures include the Inklings, of course, that we have described. Uh, these sort of ink-based organisms. Mo- most Inklings, like they don't have like barely any internal organs. They're mostly just ink. Uh, 
So they, God. <laughs> uh, because of this malleable structure, they're able to change their forms easily from their humanoid form into their squid form. It's just crazy that you're saying all this, and the end result is these guys just end up shooting each other. <laughs> <laughs> yes, essentially, uh, it's going to get crazier. Don't worry. So squid, so squids evolve into inklings, uh, and octopi evolve into octarians and octolings. Octolings are basically the octopus equivalent of inklings. Their biology is a little different, uh, but they are basically the humanoid forms of octopi. Uh, that are sort of the foil to inklings, <clears throat> which you can now choose if you want to be an octoling or an inkling in Splatoon uh, 3. Uh, in Splatoon 2, the octolings were uh, introduced in the uh, expansion, octo expansion, which we will get to. But octarians are more primitive, kind of. They don't have arms. Uh, I think the reproductive thing is that if you cut off a tentacle from like an octarian or an octoling, that tentacle will eventually grow into an octarian. So these are the big, like, these are oh these are the n- most common guys you end up shooting in these in the campaign modes. Uh, are these octarians? This is this is the most intelligent species left. Yeah. So uh, it's not just squid and octopi. They're also jellyfish that also sort of begin to walk on land and you know become more intelligent. You'll see some of them walking around. Uh, as well as a bunch of other creatures as well sea urchins pretty much uh, there are many different types of sea creatures that evolved into more humanoid intelligent forms to live on land Uh, it's also around this time that the inklings begin to use another creature called zapfish uh, as a power source Uh, these zapfish are essentially uh, catfish with electric properties to them kind of like if you combine a catfish with an electric eel uh, they produce great amounts of electrical power, so they are used in sort of inkling society to power their stuff. Uh, also at this time, uh, Judd the cat is released uh, from his cryogenic capsule and begins living uh, back on the land oh once more. God. He must have been a kitten when he got put in that thing. Uh, well, it he did stop aging when he went into the capsule, so, you know, it's a it's sort of... <laughs> Who freed Judd? Do we know? Uh, I do not think we know who freed Judd. Uh, I believe that is still technically a mystery. And where's Tartar? Is he in? Is he still? Tartar. Does he play a factor? Tartar comes into f- effect later. Right now, uh, just assume that he is still inert and in the underground facility. Okay, he's still sleeping. So when Judd oh, comes it. out, it is found out that he is he has a pretty good knack of judging battlefields. So he's able to quickly look at a battlefield and see. Uh, who the victor of a turf war is. So there are, like, ancient hieroglyphs of Judd, like, in, like, the first turf wars, Judd is the one who decides the victor. So let me get this straight. He went to sleep. He got put in a chamber for 10,000 years so he could just be a referee. Yep. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Poor Judd. He probably wishes he would have been the one outside the chamber. Yeah, basically. He seems to be fine That's with it, tough. though, because he's been doing it for the past thousands of years. So. I guess. That sort of ends out, the mollusk era. That sort of ends the, like, evolutionary period uh, of the Inklings. And, you know, eventually they begin to uh, continue to evolve, sort of follow down a similar path of humans. They wear clothes, they build cities, they make music, they build culture. 
They steal landmarks. They they st- they discover, rediscover landmarks, I suppose, because this is all new to them. Uh, but now we sort of skip ahead again. So instead of 2,000 years before present day, this will be about 100 years before present day. So before 100 years ago, Inkopolis is founded, as well as Calamari County. Uh, this is where... Uh, some certain characters come from so Callie and Marie and I believe Captain Cuttlefish all come from this place called Calamari Calamari County Uh, speaking of around 100 years ago Captain Cuttlefish and DJ Octavio are born Uh, so these are two we're now we're starting to get into characters those are two two completely people on the opposite end of the spectrum yes Captain Cuttlefish and DJ (laughs) Octavio yes they these two characters will go on to become their respective leaders of the Inklings and Octarians. Uh, mo- these guys actually got along pretty well. The, the Inklings and Octarians sort of lived in... Is he a DJ or is his name DJ? I think his name is DJ. <laughs> so he's not an actual oh, DJ? Oh, no, he is an actual DJ, but I also think oh that his name is just DJ. So a military captain and a DJ <laughs> lead their races. <laughs> Something seems well, off DJ Octavio, And they were best friends. DJ Octavio <laughs> is definitely a military leader as well. If you look at his old art, he's in like a samurai co- like samurai armor. Captain Cuttlefish is more With than... With a boombox over his shoulder. I, uh, I forget exactly what the sunken scroll was, but he will eventually get there. Uh, but around this time, 100 years before the present day, sea levels begin to rise again, which forces oh, the no. Inklings and Octarians to fight over territory uh this becomes the uh great turf war uh, so this this is kind of the big uh like actual war like i think people die in this war uh Damn, this is this is not for fun they're fighting over territory um, so uh, around this time the octarians build these things called the great octo weapons uh they're basically these giant mechanical constructs used for war knockoff of weapons of mass destruction uh basically they're definitely not as powerful as nukes but they almost are like bio weapons like these giant mechanical constructs have like faces and some flesh parts so it's almost like they combine living tissue with uh machines this is a very advanced species uh yes so 99 years ago captain cuttlefish forms the squid beak splatoon with three other members uh possibly one who is uh the sort of ancestor to the now uh sheldon who is the main weapons manufacturer for uh the uh the inklings in their normal non-violent turf wars but uh this is when the first weapon replicas are uh made on the inkling side and my notes yes very good so yeah the way that the inklings won this war is kind of a little strange uh it's sort of convoluted and no one knows exactly why but by a combination of the octarians did have the the octarians had the advantage with these octo weapons however it is said that a plug being pulled in their base deactivated all their weapons which allowed the inklings to come in and make a sweeping victory that's a that's a, that's a scummy win yeah i was about to say scummy uh in the they had a traitor they had a benedict arnold in their camp in the present day some sunken scrolls say that it was because of the inkling superior number of limbs that helped them win this war but oh that's God. that that's <laughs> that's the scientific still breakdown. sort of up in the air uh 
So, do we have political parties in this? In this, um, essentially, in this world? Uh, not like. Dude, does, does Captain Cuttlefish <laughs> win the first presidency because he led the Inklings to this un, uh, undisputed victory? No, no, he does not win any power. I do not believe he probably he definitely wins prestige. But uh, after their loss, the Octarians are forced uh, underground to live in the in the humans' old subterranean domes. Oh, I think they won this encounter. Then. So they are forced to live underground so that the Inklings can live up in the light. Uh, is this where Tartar comes in? Uh, this is not where Tartar comes in. Oh, how? <laughs> but... Octarians are dumb. They deserve it. <laughs> so... DJ. Uh, several years pass, and turf wars become a popular competitive sport, uh, as in, as opposed to a serious conflict. And uh, many people compete in these turf wars uh, for fun, for uh, glory. Uh, not really for glory. Basically, it's just sort of the fresh trend to do, so everyone wants to compete in turf wars to stay the freshest that they can be. Uh, so that is sort of the history, the long ago history of... Are we in the present day now? We are starting to get into the present day. Now we're starting to get into like 18, 20, 30 years ago instead of like hundreds and thousands of years ago. So... All right. Lay it on me. 30 years ago, uh, DJ Octavio begins his career as, as an actual DJ for the Octarians. Uh, around this time as well, the Octarians' underground domes begin to show signs of collapsing, and they begin to lose power. Uh, it sounds like my timeline when I put Titsi in the more personally how to draw, and he's three years old. <laughs> like, uh, 30 years ago, DJ Octavio begins his career as a DJ. Essentially, yes. He drops his first beat. Also, uh, 20, so we're getting into like uh, 20 and 18 years ago, a few... Uh, important characters are born, so this is where Pearl and Marina, uh, Callie and Marie, and the protagonist characters are uh, born. As you know, around this time, uh, Agent Three, uh, Agent Three, yep, Agent Four and Agent Eight. There are a few agents we'll talk about in this sort of lore breakdown, uh, but we have some some slight history with you know the uh, the Squid Sisters uh, forming, even though they're actually cousins, Callie and Marie, but they market themselves as the Squid Sisters. Uh, they sort of start their singing career. Uh, we get some other NPCs sort of starting their uh, various shops and, you know, careers as merchants and sellers of goods uh, around this time. Uh, and there's also a thing in... It's sort of like... Cut that out. I can cut yeah, that. thanks. <laughs> uh, my my microphone fell over as I was scrolling. Y- yes, it did. But I heard it uh, in my eardrums. Let me get my. Let me get back. Uh, okay. okay, but yes. Th- so seventeen years ago, DJ Octavarian n- gets three ladies pregnant. Uh, n- okay, nope. <laughs> uh, we're back. So uh, yeah, Callie and Marie uh, also sort of double as newscasters for Inkopolis News. So they sort of give the. Uh, the the news on it's mostly just like what's going on in turf wars there's no like weather channel or anything it's just turf wars when do, all the time. When, do when do slow and bro precede them uh slow and bro is down the time much timeline. more recent in the timeline we'll get there in like the splatoon 3 section okay got it <laughs> uh, I also worried. i do need to say that somewhere along the line in the inklings and octarians because i said that they were mostly ink they did develop ironically a chronic aversion to water like they if they go into water they die 
so that's that's tough. They may not die. It's kind of weird how how like the squid people die because in in turf wars and you get splatted, you know your little squid spirit like flies up into the air and then it gets brought back and respawned at a respawn station. Oh, it's like, who's God in this universe? Uh, we don't know. There hasn't been a lot of deification. <laughs> Some people have equated Judd to a god, but we're still not sure on that. Uh, <laughs> we need more evidence. <laughs> so, but yes, uh, aversion to water, but it must not be that bad because several stages that host this competitive sport of turf wars have water features on them so it's not that bad it's a minor condition. so it must be a minor condition but anyway let's get into the story of splatoon one ironically the actual campaign modes of these games do not have a lot of crazy stuff in them so basically so how long how long do you think it would take to complete this one uh splatoon one not super long like this is more i'm i'll probably equate it to like a metroid dread level of of campaign hours yeah it's been a while since i've played them so i can't be exactly sure and that depends on if you go after like the uh the extra tough one i'm pretty sure splatoon one is the shortest of the campaigns but i would imagine basically the game starts with you as a fresh new inkling on the scene you know trying to get your clout up uh and callie and marie report uh on the news that uh the great zapfish has been stolen and the great zapfish uh, is this no is this giant zapfish like this giant coiling zapfish that wraps around Ingopolis tower uh, and supplies power to the whole city uh, and on the news it is not said uh, you know who stole it uh, the events of Splatoon's story are actually largely kept secret from the populace so, like, the populace doesn't know of, like, the Octarian's return or, or anything like that. It's all kept pretty much on the down low. But, so, yeah. The the, the inkling who would become Agent 3 enters Inkopolis and uh, sees uh, a strange old man poking up out of, a, out of a sewer grate and goes to investigate. And that brings them to, uh, what's it, Octo Valley, uh, which is underground, underneath... Uh, Inkopolis, I believe. Uh, and Captain Cuttlefish is this old man. Uh, he, he's an old-ass man, far from his prime as the leader of the Squid Beaks platoon, but still holds that title and recruits you, uh, Agent 3, uh, dubs you Agent 3 and recruits you into the Squid Beaks platoon to uh, take down the Octarians as he reveals that the Octarians have returned to steal the Zapfish uh, as their domes are losing power, as I mentioned previously, and he wants you to go and steal all the zapfish and take them back. So, it is also revealed that Callie and Marie are actually agents in this in this platoon. Uh, they they're you know they are legitimate idols, but they live a double life as sort of agents. Uh, oh my help. God, it's Kim Possible. Uh, I believe they are also related to Captain Cuttlefish, and like they, these three are like family in some way. Uh, I don't know exactly how, though. But, regardless, uh, Agent 3 launches several attacks on Octo Valley through various zones to save the Zapfish. Bombards uh, Taking down the uh, newly repowered uh, Great Octo weapons. Uh, and they also acquire 
uh, plans for, for weapons along the way. They use various different types of weapons, etc. So, nothing... It, that's basically it. It's like, most of the game is just doing missions uh, and taking down Octarians. Until you get to the end, Captain Cuttlefish is abducted and brought to DJ Octavio's lair. Uh, Where he has to beat him in a rap battle to cure his freedom. Uh... It almost, it's kind of that vibe, even though you don't exactly do that. Oh my god. But as you... have <laughs> an awesome. As you enter DJ Octavio's lair, uh, you engage in the final battle. Now, DJ Octavio, I think he has a humanoid form, but he usually presents himself in-game as his octopus form. He's got this big, like, shogun samurai golden helmet on. He's got two pieces of wasabi that I think he uses to, like, mix his tracks uh, or is like that's those are his mixers, so that sort of a perfect smash. <laughs> so that his tentacles don't stick to the uh, to the discs, and he rides around in this giant like floating, uh, like mixing station. That dude, this guy sounds that awesome. has two giant metal fists that shoot out uh, and try to flatten Agent Three, but Agent Three, uh, woo agent three through their various adventures has grown adept with a with a splat gun with a charger with whatever weapon they decide to use and they sort of chase octavio through his lair as he attempts to knock them off of these uh, floating platforms with bombs and missiles and giant fist attacks uh but dj octavio is uh no match for agent three and midway through, Callie and Marie come in and begin singing uh, a, a banger of a background song. We uh, belong together. Which gives Captain Cuttlefish the the strength. It's actually called Calamari Incantation, I believe, is the is the song. And Captain Cuttlefish is just so filled with energy from the song that he flexes and breaks out of his restraints uh, and begins cheering on Agent 3 as well. And you defeat DJ Octavio, and <laughs> you're lying. Y- you bring back the, the <laughs> yeah, this isn't real. No, it's real. Uh, you bring back the Zapfish to power the city, and Captain Cuttlefish stores DJ Octavio in a snow globe uh, as a prison. <laughs> and and that's it. That's the game. It's revealed. This is the greatest game. It's of revealed time. that this song being played in DJ Octavio's lair and being broadcast throughout the underground, the Squid Sister song was so banging, so fire, that it broke the brainwashing that DJ Octavio had put on many of his citizens to help rebuild the great octo weapons. How could you imagine? What song would that be today in 2022? <laughs> I was about to say, a song so fucking cash. That it literally rewrites people's, uh, like genetic ge- like, code. <laughs> brain, like neurons, like this is how this is the origin of like how we have like good octarians again. This is what this is, this is what Gangnam Style did when it first came out in 2012. Because it was, re- <laughs> this is the equivalent in Splatoon lore. Yeah, I think this is they pulled inspiration from. That. Yeah, this is why like octolings want like want to go to the surface again. Their brainwashing has been broken. Uh, Marina, one of the hosts of the newscasting group Off the Hook for Splatoon 2, uh, is... It's fired for a bad tweet. I mean, probably <laughs> later, but no, she's she. I don't think she's ever tweeted a bad thing in her life. I don't think they have Twitter. I think that's why this is a much more peaceful society, is that Twitter doesn't exist. 
Uh, Twitter did not survive the great flood. They are starting to get cell phones now, though, so I assume it won't last for long. Oh, no. Oh, no. The the good days are Yeah, essentially. But it's actually funny because I think in Splatoon 2 they had, like, what looked like smartphones, but in Splatoon 3 they they receded to, like, flip phones. So interesting how this how the uh how this is evolving we're taking your technology away yes so uh all is well the zapfisher returned and powers returned to uh splatoon or i was gonna say splatoon city in gothelis uh all right but perfect uh, we should also mention uh splatfests so splatfests are <laughs> i think the lore behind this is that the inklings found a printer that was produced like in the human era and this printer just like intermittently prints out splatoon or, or, or sorry uh, splatfest topics like it just prints it out okay. no no input from the inklings they just kind of set this up and they wait for it to print out like you know cake versus pizza or rock versus papers versus scissors or several different things like that Autobots versus Decepticons, I guess it printed out at one point, because there was a collab with that. Uh, Mayo... V- Sex versus drugs versus oh, rock that was and roll. Love versus money was one of them. So this printer just... Not close. This printer just prints things out, and, these, and the Inklings are like, this is a sign. We need to have a Splatfest to see... A competition to see, like, who... Which one of these things is better. And they do that, and I think literal laws are passed based on, like, the... <laughs> like, the outcome of these Splatfests. Who's who? Who is writing and enforcing these laws? That is a good. Is it Judd? <laughs> I don't think it's Judd. We actually Judd will get into here in a second because. Oh man, Judd Lynn. Now we're in Splatoon two, uh, so we have uh, a few new characters to talk about. Uh, a company called Grizzco Industries is founded and managed by an enigmatic figure called Mister Grizz, who you never get to see in game but he just sort of talks mason that's mason's <laughs> discord name <Is> mason is there, you sure not? no i do not believe this is mason uh honestly maybe because he does sound like a like a big fucking guy who has like long hair and facial hair i that, now every time i think of what mason. mr grizz looks like i'm gonna think of mason because no one knows what mr grizz looks like uh now we do he just talks uh he just talks over a radio to his employees so no one knows what he looks like but this is where the salmonids come in, right? So the salmonids are another species God. that migrate to the irradiated waters outside of Inkopolis as they undergo the salmon run uh, every 70 years. Uh, they also prepare to attack Inkopolis. That's just sort of a... That's just sort of pasted onto the wiki page. There's like, oh yeah, they also prepare to attack Inkopolis. So... <laughs> they, they, they got that thing strapped. So Mr. Grizz sort of runs a business to sort of go out to these irradiated waters and drive back the salmonids and also harvest these things called golden eggs. No one... Shout out the Easter Bunny. No one is sure... No, they're like fish eggs. Like, I think we go out and steal the salmonids' babies. Oh. I love this jump that we got to. Your, I love this. Now we're getting into themes of, you know, just early america baby. yeah i i don't know i don't think it's known what makes the golden eggs so valuable but they're, they're, they taste delicious. they 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 pay a good price to go and collect so a lot of inklings will go and make cash on the side by doing this but that's because that's basically the zombies mode by the way that this is the horde mode like the pve mode of of, of splatoon uh but 
uh, th- this is where Marina and Pearl now take over as the uh, the newscasters of Inkopolis Plaza uh, or Inkopolis Galleria. It's near the hub area of the first platoon. Like it's still in the same city, but it's a it's a different location. Uh, Marina, who was the uh, defector, who she was an Octarian who defected from uh, DJ Octavio's army after hearing the 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 song that the Squid Sisters uh, <laughs> hearing the banger. Yeah, after hearing the banger. Uh, she teams up with an inkling called Pearl, who has like the most powerful vocal cords in the Splatoon world. Uh, in Splatoon lore, yeah, and they she shreds the hardest, yeah, and they form uh, Off the Hook, which is the new uh, organization. Uh, oh my god! They they yes. take heavy inspiration from the Squid Sisters. They're both fans, and they sort of become the new newscaster, the new pop idols. Uh, they run the Splat Fest and all of that. Uh, one last thing for Splatoon 1. The final Splatfest of that was Callie versus Marie. That was what the printer printed out that the Inklings had to do. And Marie ended up winning. This will make sense in a second. So, Marie wins the final Splatfest, and no Splatfests occur for a while until the arrival of uh, Off the Hook to the Scene. Uh, Inkopolis Square, sorry, that's the new hub area. Uh, that becomes the new spot for Turf Wars. Uh, and Callie and Marie actually spend a lot more time apart uh, in different variety shows and music shows. They sort of go off and do their own thing. Uh, Marie goes off to Calamari County, where she was born, to visit her parents for a while, returns back to Inkopolis, and begins looking for Callie, but she can't find her anywhere. Uh, Marie goes to Octo Valley and finds that... Uh, you know, Captain Cuttlefish is nowhere to be found, and the snow globe containing DJ Octavio has been broken. So, oh, this is the the Busta broke out. Yeah. So DJ Octavio has broken out, goes and gathers the defeated Octarians, and establishes a new base at Octo Canyon. So instead of Octo Valley, we're in Octo Canyon now. It might as well again. It, it's basically like Splatoon One. Took place Octo Crater like is Splatoon three. Thirty miles northeast, and now this this is where the Splatoon two takes place. It's very close by to the first game. So, uh, the Great Zapfish is stolen again, and no! <laughs> and Marie goes to Inkopolis Square to uh, recruit a new agent to investigate all of these happenings, which happens to be Agent Agent Four. four. Agent Four comes into the story at this point and uh, is recruited to go and basically do the exact same thing that Agent 3 did. Uh, Damn. <laughs> Sloppy seconds. Yeah, it, it kind of essentially. So, yeah, with the Squid Sisters being absent, that is why Off the Hook is able to come in and sort of take over uh, the, the the number one new spot on the block. And they host the first splats. Splatfest since the Squid Sisters' absence. But yeah, Octarians are back. They stole the Great Zapfish again. They stole other Zapfish again, and they built more Great Octo weapons. And it's Agent 4's duty to go and fuck them up and uh, get everyone back. And that's what they do. Thank you, Agent 4. Uh, Agent 3 and uh, Captain Cuttlefish uh, whereabouts will be mentioned later. But so basically, it's just Marie. Like, it's just Marie sort of advising the new agent on, you know, what to do. Uh, it is revealed at the end of the story, once again, that, you know, you fight uh, DJ Octavio in his big-ass mixtape chair that has been, you know, reorganized his 
his like metal fists have like brass knuckles now uh, that have stuff on them, and you fight him in a more arena setting rather than a uh, a chase him down setting. But it's also revealed that Callie has been brainwashed by DJ Octavio oh. and is on the Octarians oh, he, team now. He played a harder beat. Callie doesn't do much for them besides sing and like I guess. Yeah, that that's about it. Like she just sings in the final battle. She's just morale. <laughs> She's just morale. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think I think the reason that she gets brainwashed, right? So th- there are these like shades. They're called hypno shades that DJ Octavio has made to brainwash people. And I think Callie just found them one day and just put them on because she thought they looked cool. And that's how she gets brainwashed and kidnapped. You know what? That's perfectly reasonable for the world we're in. Yeah, so uh, she gets kidnapped and is chilling with DJ Octavio. Obviously, there are some more deep-seated, like, her, and she might have been bitter that Marie won the final Splatfest, and that's why they sort of drifted apart. But eventually, they end up reconciling at the end. Uh... Marie comes in on like a float, like a hover, like 16 wheeler, uh, with Sheldon, the weapons manufacturer, uh, driving the car. And she takes a charger, which is a sniper rifle, and just blows, like just headshots Callie and breaks the shades off her face. Damn. So that initiates cool. phase two of the boss fight. Uh, Callie is not out of the woods yet. Marie is sort of like pleading to her to come back to her senses. Eventually she does jumps off of dj octavio's chair uh gets back onto marie's sort of uh fucking sixth like big mac truck uh and they begin again singing (coughs) calamari incantation oh my god run it back yeah run it back uh sheldon delivers the rainmaker uh which is this big ass uh weapon that you hold over the shoulder like a rocket launcher to fire a supercharged ink blast and that sort of uh, makes up the final phase of the fight where you're grinding we're like Sonic Adventure grinding on these rails and you're like shooting this Rainmaker blast at DJ Octavio it's actually a really fun boss fight I really like that boss fight one of my favorites in gaming you end by spiking the Rainmaker into DJ Octavio's face uh, and he explodes and is once again captured by the Squidbeak Splatoon uh and they basically put a band-aid on the crack in the snow globe and call it a day. And they put him back in it. So that's Splatoon 2. This is the second greatest game of all uh, time. Did you... I, I, I know we were talking about possibly you talking about the development history for Splatoon 2, if you want to do that. Uh, uh, I mean, not much really. Uh, they just... They, they, found it in, they found it important to meet the fans' expectations that Splatoon had kind of, you know, taken off in its own right. Um... They need to appeal to the first, like, they need to appeal to the setting, but they didn't want to make it the exact same, so that's why if you drive about five miles north and make a right, <laughs> that's where the setting is mm-hmm. of the second game. Uh, they wanted to, you know, basically, I'm reading straight from here, the intended appeal was working toward by giving them a game, a, the game a new take on existing aspects on resetting old strategies, creating an entirely new meta that was still changed based on the updates. Uh, I, the big thing here, I think, is the, um, as far as development goes, is that they wanted to use the Switch's features, so it's 60 FPS. Tease in October 20, 2016. Rele- um, confirmed January 13, 
obviously released that summer. And I think the Octo expansion is the biggest thing to come out of, you know, development yeah. and, <clears throat> and, you know, just something new. So yeah. I'll leave that to you because that's definitely more story, lore, all that kind of yes, stuff. Yes, exactly. So Octo expansion. So this is the first uh, paid, like, big expansion DLC that Splatoon has seen. Uh, it's confirmed that th- Splatoon 3 is getting one of these uh, later down the line, but right now Octo Expansion is their only one. So during during the events of the main story of Splatoon 2, you know, as Agent 4 is running around doing stuff, uh, Agent 3 uh, faces off against uh, one last Octoling uh, who had a change of heart after hearing the Calamari incantation for the first time. So, you know, Captain Cuttlefish, Agent 3... They were off doing their own thing, and they come across this Octoling, who they sort of do battle with, uh, and I I guess they had a change of heart dur- like during the events of Splatoon 1 because they heard the song, but there must have been some sort of misunderstanding that ended up with the, with the fight happening. Uh, until an unknown assailant, so three of these guys fight until an unknown assailant knocks them all out and drags them all into the deep sea metro which is this underground uh collection of rail stations <coughs> dude why are we i'm coughing so much like the last collab i was coughing and now i'm coughing this time it's okay we're okay so power through uh you in this expansion play as agent eight uh the uh, octoling who was fighting agent three and captain cuddle so what happened to five six and seven they all get k uh so we'll get to why they're called Agent 8 in a second. So this that's not their actual name. That's just what Captain Cuttlefish calls them. So you awake to Captain Cuttlefish standing over your unconscious body, waving his cane like, oh, I'll fuck you up. I, I ought to kill you. But it would be dishonorable to fight an unarmed opponent uh, because you your weapon has been taken away. And you realize you're in this underground facility. You and Captain Cuttlefish team up in order to go try to get the hell out of here and eventually you you know you're doing the tutorial section you're getting weapons and you make it to uh this train platform with an old phone box on it (gasps) and this phone box that seems to be malfunctioning uh sort of explains the lay of the land uh you know you're in the deep sea metro and in order to i'm here to facilitate your travel to the promised land uh in order to get there you oh my god is this final fantasy 7 uh definite the promised land well let's get there when we get there so oh my god this is awesome i'm all in on this i might go buy the octo so this guy this phone does not tell you that it's tartar right now but it is it this is tartar uh and I this phone explains that you need three what was it hang on let me control F this document. Yeah, okay, there it is. You need four... The best feature in the this world. Is, by the way, this is not me being hip or anything. This is actually what they're called in game. You need to collect four thangs. T-H-A-N-G-S. Thangs. That, that's just remarkable. So... <laughs> Splatoon just... They get it. They just get it. There, the phone explains that there are four thangs hidden in this metro that you need to go and collect in order to get to the promised land. 
And Captain for Cultures is like, all right, let's do this. And the phone gives you a swipe card, uh, which allows you to get, uh, I believe, into certain challenge stages and also get weapons uh, in these. Because auto expansion is a little different. It's sort of a, a collection of challenge levels. Like, they're shorter than regular levels in Splatoon 1 and 2. But they're also they're kind of like shrines in a way. That's how I sort of view their structure. There's a there's okay. a lot of them. They're sort of mini challenges, and these challenges are a lot harder. Like some of them are really actually very challenging. Uh, so you're not gonna fly through this expansion on your first try probably. <clears throat> but yeah, so you and Captain Cuttlefish ride these various metro train tracks around. Uh, this train is captained by. Uh, one C Q Cumber, uh, capital C period, capital Q period, and then Cumber. This is the coolest franchise <laughs> of all time. Yeah, yeah, I know it's pretty great. Like we don't even need a third game. I can just live off of this. This is yeah. Incredible. The the vibe, this, this, the the, picture. the style of Splatoon is just so great. They really nailed it. Uh, it's such a unique style. Yeah, I they love did. It. Uh, they meet some other characters on this train that help them do various, you know, different things, various different features. Uh, they also run into this, you know, there's this, um, what's it called? A walkie-talkie on one of the subway benches. And apparently this walkie-talkie uh, goes directly to Perlin Marina, uh, the off-the-hook host that didn't really have a role in the story of the base game of Splatoon 2. But are actually very helpful in this game because they allow you to skip certain levels if they're too hard for you. So, okay, they the developers knew that this expansion was hard because they added that feature. So, Pearl and Marina sort of give you uh, advice, try and help you back to the surface. Uh, they give you different uh, sort of morale boost because uh, Marina is shown to be a brilliant hacker. Like Marina is very tech savvy. Uh, in addition to being a singer and a pop idol, she's very tech-savvy. Uh, Pearl is just sort of there, uh, cheering you on from the sidelines as well. But uh, you eventually start running into Octarians down here. Other Octarians. But they're not like the Octarians you saw. They are this weird, sickly, green, blue color, and they're called Sanitized Octarians. Uh, and we'll get to that in a second. But after collecting all four Thangs, uh, which are these large pieces that you don't that's n that's not what they're called i'm sorry you know nope, that I, i'm you can look at the wiki dot myself uh, or yourself it is this is what they're called uh but after collecting thangs. after collecting all four thangs and bringing them back to uh the the phone he's like great job way to go i will now facilitate your uh you know your travel to the promised land and the back of the phone opens up and lightning starts shooting out from it and assembles the four thangs into a giant blender. Oh. Uh, you would def the player would definitely realize what the pieces that you're collecting are to, but you you form this into a blender. And, and the bottom smoothie. of the blender opens up and it's like with a little jingle and he's like, Step on in, I'll take you to the promised land. And Captain Cuttlefish and Agent are like, Yep, alright. Sure, no problem. And they step into the blender. Now originally I thought this was because they just didn't know what a blender was. It's a human technology. They might not know. But then Marina comes onto the phone and is like, wait, that looks exactly like a blender. And I'm like, okay, so they're just stupid. <laughs> and they walked right into a blender. 
So the phone reveals its true intentions, and it's like, I am going to blend you into this... I'm going to sanitize you into this primordial ooze. And they're like, shit, what do we do? And they're trapped in this, We've been they're trapped in this blender, and the blades are spinning. I, interestingly... The blades are on the roof of, unlike the roof of the blender, instead of the like the bottom of the blender. It's just poor manufacturing. I see why the human race was wiped out. So that's why they weren't killed immediately, because the blender was on the top going down. But eventually, Marina gets a distress call out, and this distress call calls in Agent Three, the protagonist of the first game, crashes through the ceiling of the metro and breaks apart the blender in a single like somersault roll. Oh my god, thank and god. And freeze Captain Cuttlefish and uh and and Agent, Agent 8. Uh, also the reason they're called oh, Agent, Agent 8 is bad. because uh the phone at the beginning of the adventure called them uh test subject 10,008. So implying that okay. many people have come through this before our character. Uh though the reason why will not be shown until a little bit so, uh, after you break free of the phone, Tartar is nowhere to be found, and Agent 3 is out cold. So, uh, Captain Cuttlefish tells you to go on ahead. You know, the door to get out of here is open. You know, you gotta get going. So, you leave Captain Cuttlefish behind to tend to Agent 3 as you do this, like, final, like, multi-phase dungeon to get out. So... You start off with, like, no weapons, and you have to stealth, which is new for Splatoon. So you have to stealth through this section by, like, swimming slowly through ink so you don't make any, like, disturbances in the ink. Uh, eventually, you do get a weapon, and you have to start activating switches and opening doors and climbing up uh, layers. One of the phases has you climbing up these floating sort of test containers that in them have, like, uh, frozen uh, Octarians, like sanitized Octarians in these test tubes uh coming from this sort of like green ooze essentially uh and as you climb up higher and higher and higher you get to this giant elevator to the surface and in this elevator you as you start going up the elevator stops it loses power and you look up and you see uh, a figure standing with a with a blaster turned to you with Captain Cuttlefish bound uh, in rope hanging from a, a floating platform. And the figure turns oh around and it's, a and it's Agent 3. One of their eyes completely like uh, crusted over with this, the ooze that you had seen before. It's like this green, flowy, like turquoise ooze that has covered their eyes and their eyes have changed to that same color. Sort of becoming one of the sanitized uh, enemies you've been fighting throughout the game. And this is your, like, red on Mount Silver moment. Like, Agent 3 jumps down with this, like, cape, this, like, black tattered cape on, and fights you. So this is, uh, the this is the penultimate boss, by the way. This isn't even the final boss. So you fight Agent, corrupted Agent 3, and this fight is no joke. Like, there is, th this fight is rough. They use, like, supers all the time, and they're super quick. It's like fighting a, a player in multiplayer if they had way more health than than before okay but you know after breaking uh agent three shield multiple times over you are eventually able to best agent three and knock free the corruption from the, the ooze from their face as they again once again get knocked unconscious 
uh, they seriously do not stay conscious for long in this. I say it's been a tough couple hours for each expansion, three. but you eventually get up to the surface and you walk out. You're kind of on this oil rig off the coast of Inkopolis, and you look off. This is your character's first step into the light, and you step out and you look out, and you see this fleet of helicopters coming in. Uh, this is Pearl and Marina. Uh, as they're coming in on their helis to pick you up and take you to the to Inkopolis because they you've been coordinating with them this entire time uh, you've sort of built a rapport and a friendship with them and they come in with their new designs and they're like yo we're coming in we got gotcha. you and they have like a fleet of helicopters with like speakers because you know the show has to go wherever they go so of course they're coming in and as you get onto the helicopter and begin flying away agent three still incapacitated each of these zones of this multi-part dungeon have sort of had terminology of like human anatomy like the i think it was like the esophagus phase and like there were different like parts of like a human head as like the uh the names of these zones and it's revealed why as the the facility that you were in starts rising from the water. The parts that were under the water begin poking up, and it is revealed to be a giant, ancient, like, statue of a human head. And as it rises up, like, Captain Cuttlefish is like, I thought their kind was destroyed, like, millennia ago. It's a human. And in the eye of this statue is Tartar, now covered in this again this ooze that has been sort of corrupting everything or sanitizing oh, things and he sort of begins his exposition dump he says i am tartar i am an ai created by a brilliant professor twelve thousand years ago to facilitate the next uh intelligent species on the planet but he somewhere along the way like th- that was his prime objective but somewhere along the way he changed his prime objective because he was disgusted with what he saw uh he saw that the inklings fought over trivial matters that meant nothing and that they couldn't possibly be the the next species that he was meant to uh inherit which uh, funnily is very ironic considering what humans fight over in hindsight exactly uh, yeah yep. but so basically his whole plan is he wants to you know blend all of these you know all the inklings all this intelligent life into a primordial ooze from which the next ultimate life form will emerge from so that that's the ooze like he tries to make his own uh sort of like race race, essentially like his own new dominant species but they all fail and become this ooze so that's sort of why this ooze has been sanitizing things he's been using it to like take over other octolings and octarians and use them for his own designs and now he plans to use this super weapon statue to just destroy the entire the entirety of intelligent life on the planet and out of the mouth of this statue comes this giant like ooze laser beam cannon that begins charging up energy using like solar power and marina geez tartar's been busy yeah tartar's been busy and now that he's malfunctioning he's going pretty crazy so you know pearl and marina begin Think of a process. Pearl's on, or Marina's on her laptop in MS Paint, writing out this, their, her battle plan. That's it, that's actually what happens, uh, and she explains the her analysis of the statue is that the statue is using solar power to charge up. If we cover it all in ink, it will stop charging. 
So she tells Agent 8 of their plan to uh, cover the, the statue in these things called hyperbombs, uh, which will just are just massive explosives of ink. So they're going to use their helicopter to sort of shoot these hyperbombs at specific locations on the body, and Agent 8 has to ride around on the statue and these rails that are set up to blow up these bombs in a certain amount of time. You're on a timer. I think it's like three minutes you have to completely cover the statue in ink. Do you get a game over if yep. you don't? You just you have to start all over again. Uh, That's pretty cool. I like that. So, and you know, and the, and the mu- there are like different phases of music as it starts to ramp up in intensity. And you get closer to the end of the time limit, and eventually, through a hard fought and very, uh, you know, hectic turf war. It's not really even a battle. You're not fighting anything. You're just trying to cover this thing in ink with you know with as much time to spare as possible putting your skills to yeah the test. eventually essentially putting your sharpshooting skills your movement skills your time management skills to the test but eventually you make it to the top of the statue activate the final hyper bomb and the statue starts charging but marina says it looks like it's going to fire anyway straight at Encopolis. so something else still needs to be done so then a cutscene plays uh where you sort of super jump back to the helicopter after doing all you could and Tartar makes one final last villain speech and shoots the laser forward. Pearl hops down from the helicopter onto the sort of container that they're carrying and takes out this thing that is a modified killer whale. So basically that what the killer whale is, it's one it's one of the specials in Splatoon 2, one of the special weapons, and it's basically this giant like sound wave machine that fires a wave of sound waves forward and splats any inklings in their path so so okay. she takes out her own like mo- co- customized mo- i can't speak customized modified version of it that is massive and she amplifies her voice with it which creates this giant sound wave laser beam that that breaks up that like laser. dragon ball z clashes with the ooze laser and eventually, you know, the Uzlayer is getting really close, and then finally boom, breaks the scale, fires it back, destroys the statue, and saves Inkopolis. But Tartar is lost. Tartar in the process. is lost in the process and blown to hell. So, uh, the last bastion of humanity is gone, gone with Tartar's destruction. Besides Judd, Judd is the only relic. The only living relic. He's a cat. He's a cat. <laughs> um, one thing about Judd is that he actually went back to the cryogenic machine, somehow turned it into a cloning machine, and cloned himself. This game is awesome. So we have Judd. No he cloned sense. himself once. So we have Judd, and now we have... Oh, thank God. At least he's reasonable. We have a little Judd, which is just a, <laughs> a, a smaller... Is that his yep, name? that's his name, Lil' Judd. Oh, my God. And he helps his clone with, you know, Turf Wars, with, with judging Turf Wars. Uh, little Judd. So we have Little Judd, whose motivations are unknown at the moment. He's gone through a bit of a redesign for Splatoon 3. I watched a video saying that Little Judd is secretly trying to kill Judd. That was just played completely straight. I don't know if that's actually in the lore, though. I wouldn't be surprised. This, this game sounds like it's down to anything. But, yeah, that's 
that's the story that's the full story of splatoon 2 uh yeah also by the way uh, captain cuttlefish is the grandfather of both callie and marie by the way so that is their okay. relationship wow i mean what a and journey. this is also that is this is also what facilitates many more oct- octolings to sort of come out from underground to join society as a whole uh and sort of live in harmony again with with their inkling brethren the most inklings actually don't even know again like i said most of the story stuff is kept completely hidden from the general populace so most people don't even know what octolings and octarians are anymore because they've been gone for so long so a lot of them just think that these octolings are just inklings with weird and cool hairstyles I mean, that's... I'm sure that'll be explored in Splatoon 3. So, yeah, that's... That's that's the story. That's the story up to right now. Um, And... So, what, what? let's stop and pause. What do, you, what do you think of the story so far, Colby? Uh, this is the greatest story. This is... I, I'm I, skipping over, like, a lot more of, like, the finer detail stuff, but this is sort of, like, the major overview of what you need to know. I think it's it, it only works because of like what the game is. It, I know it's the most obvious thing to say yeah. ever, but like it only works because of the source material, like all this shit. But I, you know what? It's just trying to have fun. I don't think the idea is to tell this great elusive story mm-hmm. about you know Inklings and Octarians and all this jazz. But you know, it's just let's just get wacky. Is basically. This is this is the let's get wacky department of Nintendo, yeah. the, the Splatoon devs. So, I think they're doing a great job when it comes to that. And you know what? I'll play some of the Splatoon three story. Why not? If it's short, I could use I could use that. Oh no, Splatoon! Like the campaign of Splatoon is so fun. Like they make such good use of the multiplayer, like uh, you know concepts and mechanics into a single player player format it's so fun i i've loved every single campaign i've played you, you've got to try out the single player it's also I will. it's also a great way to like learn the game to get into multiplayer like if the, especially if this is your first time so and the fact that it has a funny I wacky will. and interesting story is just the icing on the cake exactly so i'll definitely give so it we a also shot. need to talk about the Splatfest of splatoon 2 a little bit because the final Splatfest was Chaos versus Order. So, I wonder what won. That was the Splatfest theme, and Chaos won. Of course, it did. Uh, obviously, because we're gamers and we crave the chaos. <laughs> so, if you'll remember, you know, with Callie and Marie as the final Splatfest in Splatoon One, Splatoon Two story focused heavily on Callie's, you know, absence and brainwashing, and Marie's des- like attempt to find her. And now, with what we've seen in Splatoon, Splatoon 3, it seems like we're in, like, the post-apocalyptic, like, badlands of the Splatoon lore. Uh, there's, you know, cultures clashing. There's... Is it clear how far ahead we are in the timeline from 2 to 3? Not really. I'm not even sure how far away we are this time. Because we're obviously somewhere in, like, former Europe now, if the Eiffel Tower is here. <clears throat> but... This seems to be more of like the lawless land, like the lawless lands of, of Splatoon. Uh, and the wild, wild. Yeah. West. And the new city is called Splatsville. Uh, that's the, that's the new town. 
and it's sort of gives me like a Hong Kong vibe. Like everything is very vertical. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's there's graffiti everywhere. You know, that wasn't completely absent in Splatoon 1 and 2, but uh, it seems like it's just absolutely everywhere. The, the construction and the, like the architecture is all like wacky and just sort of hard to wrap your head around. So there's a seems to be a large element of chaos in this uh, in this game. So it seems like the final Splatfest of these games is what sort of directs the next game in the series. Lovely. So whether that chaos theme will continue through like the entire campaign or anything, we're not sure. But TBD. We are like already like the. We'll talk about what we know about Splatoon 3. That'll be the sort of final section. So, Splatoon 3, you, we don't know too much about the story, but we do know that Agent 3 has assumed command of the new Squid Beak Splatoon. Uh, Callie and Marie are still agents. It is unclear what Pearl and Marina are up to. It is unclear what Agents 4 and 8 are up to. And we know Captain Cuttlefish is still around. But we don't know what his role in sort of this new Sweet Bleak Splatoon is. Uh, but we know that your protagonist in Splatoon 3 is christened the new Agent 3. So you take up the mantle, essentially, of the, the, fir- title, of the first protagonist of the series in this game. So we're not- the whole premise of Splatoon 3 is that there's this new substance. It's like fuzzy ink which is disgusting to say and think about, but it's probably why it is. It's this, it, it basically like all the Octarians have like fur, which is like mm. super unsettling because of their like sea creature origin. But like, it's kind of like, a, it's kind of like Mario. Uh, what was it? Um, Bowser's Fury where everything was cur- turned into cats. Uh, but like everything is now just covered in fur and uh, you know, fuzz and, fluff and it like con- fluff. it consumes what it touches i think is this like substance whole deal and super mysterious and we need a new agent to figure out what's going on the octarians of course are the main villains again who knows what the hell they're up to it's probably dj octavio fucking around with a new track again but yeah that that's all we really know about the story uh but yeah the new the new idol you know, newscasters, podcasters, whatever. I guess Hoff the Hook are technically podcasters. Uh, but the new, you know, group on the block is called uh, Deep Cut. And they're sort of, they sort of claim that oh, man, the, the Splatlands is their turf. They have, there's a whole video that I watched on why their, mar- their actual marketing and like logo and, you know, branding is so incredibly amazing in this game. But. This time, instead of a duo, it's a trio. So we have Shiver, Fry, and uh, Big Man. That's the trio that we have here. So Shiver, the big Shiver man. is a you know blue uh, hair. Inklings can change their colors based on what like team they're on in a turf war, uh, but they also seem to have preferred colors that they stay as. Uh, but. Yeah, Shiver, Fry, Big Man. Shiver is a blue uh, Octoling. Fry is a yellow Inkling. And Big Man is a big gray Manta Ray. Uh, 
So already a lot of people really like these guys. The theme of chaos is very much evident in their designs. So Shiver is very like, you know, Japanese inspired uh, in her sort of garb and her she carries like uh, one of those old like paper fans around uh fry seems to be more like indian based like sort of southern asia based uh with their their dancing styles also sort of reflect this as well and big man who fucking knows he just kind of there he's a big sort of ties he's the big he just sort of ties everything together but yeah he's he's pretty great as well but yeah that's that's it now that's that's where we're at that's where we're gonna pick up in splatoon 3 uh, investigating this fuzzy ink uh that has been plaguing the land so a lot of people think little judd is the source oh he probably is that because in this game he's gotten like fuzzier it seems like it's sort of like uh like a juvenile cat sort of like uh growing up almost uh where their fur is starting to come in uh he might some people think it was unwit like unwill unwitting like he unwittingly created this new phenomenon but who knows what the the cat lore is going to be in this new in this new game oh i'm sure we'll get some snippets here in splatoon 3 but i think that was a great history lesson i think everyone here is officially ready yeah i was about to say uh, there's probably things i've missed there might be some things that i got slightly wrong but on a highbrow note that is that's, that's everything that has happened in the splatoon universe so far uh up to splatoon 3 so yeah uh have i just have i encouraged or discouraged you from buying this game and all of this oh encouraged (laughs) Uh, encouraged i come on man i everything about this is awesome i mean i can't wait to little judd to be the final boss that's gonna be awesome that would be pretty horrifying i can imagine like like an alien sort of or like an like a predator sort of thing where they're like some sort of kirby some sort of kirby final or like a hollow knight where they like like it's cute on the outside but then it transforms into like a horrific monster yeah that's gonna be a little yeah or like kirby yeah like the uh like the final boss of like what fecto forgo yep (laughs) something crazy like that so yeah that's that is splatoon 3 everyone i hope you enjoyed this history lesson there will be a test uh in a later episode oh, but man. yeah you have to come back ready yeah i think i think that's it like that that's our episode do you have do you have anything else you wanted to add ask questions yeah, this is the question phase if you want to ask questions <laughs> uh anything no nah, like man that. i i think i think everything's been covered i'm i'm still really excited for splatoon 3 i'll, I'll definitely check out the campaign now that i you know basically wiki bomb myself into one and two i can pick right up with three and know what's going on i'm very excited to get into that but professor thank you you did a you did a wonderful job today directing the class and giving us the proper information you of course of course well i just want all my students to be you know you know well learned and prepared uh colby what 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 main are you thinking i know you have you watched a lot of gameplay of this game like do you know all the weapons nothing i've watched nothing um going in blind i might just start with the standard gun standard gun. first just to see what fair just to see what ha- you told me the bow sucks so it looks uh, like we have to move off yeah the, the bow is not great neither is the splatana which is those are the two new weapons that have been added it's disappointing you're not a huge fan of those but uh there are there are what there there's like mini guns 
that might be something that uh whooper shout out whooper uh she she and i work together pokemon or Poke- the no, person po- uh the person whooper yes <laughs> uh she and i played in the uh the spot fest uh briefly together and she's she dominant dominating that? with the freaking splatling gun like oh my god it was ridiculous killer Certified killer. But yeah, we have you know your standard splatter shot, uh, which is just the rapid fire. You have your chargers if you're really good at sniping, which I am not. You got buckets, which you sort of like, uh, like just toss ink on people with a bucket. Uh, you have paint brushes. You have uh, paint rollers, which are the ones that you sort of like roll along the ground. Uh, you have uh, umbrellas that double as like shotguns. So it's basically like you shoot. Shout out Mary yeah, Poppins. Yeah, shout out Mary Poppins. She would fucking destroy in this game. But the 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 umbrella, they just call them umbrellas. You shoot out like a shotgun blast, but you can also like open the umbrella as like a walking shield for yourself. Okay. Uh, and eventually you can shoot the shield outwards as like a moving shield so you can follow behind it, uh, which is pretty cool. And tons and tons and tons of more weapons that I'm sure you'll get the chance to try out in Splatoon 3. Uh, and... You know, I'm sure uh, you and I will see. Well, I hopefully, hopefully, we'll see many of our listeners out on the on the on the splatter field, uh, on the wars, on the on, turf. on the turf. But yeah, that's that's my piece. So, do, do you have anything? Uh, do you have anything else to cover? Any any other parting words that you'd like to say? No, I think um, I think whenever I think we're ready to send it back to slow and burrow. Yeah, I don't think they know that we have just completely hijacked their entire broadcast. Like, I think they were talking this whole time as well, but yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think they need to know, but you know, better us than them. Yeah, I we'll, think. I think we were more prepared. Than we'll they we'll were. turn off the jamming signal here in a, in a few seconds. You, you probably don't want to know what they said. It's probably for the best. This is like a, yeah. Yeah, no, trust me. We'll cut their, we'll cut their audio and post. But yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for for listening to this uh, Splatoon history lesson. Uh, we hope beginner's guide to Splatoon three. We hope that this uh, this episode sold some of you on Splatoon three because we are both very excited and we would. Oh, we got. Oh, I do have one last. Go for thing. it. We have we have to do it for a new game. Splatoon two sits at thirteen point three million copies, number twelve on the Switch list. Mm-hmm. Higher or lower? I think we're going higher. Like I I re- really? I really think that Splatoon three could go higher than it's than the sequel to splatoon one i really think so it's a log jam there's a couple from 8 to 14 it's separated or 8 to 12 it's separated by like 1.3 million copies between the four of them so could be somewhere in that ballpark could not be i think um that's a lot of fucking copies but i mean there's a i think I think we're going higher too. I think it's better known than it was in 2017. It seemed to do pretty well for that. I think time. it's only getting more popular. Like I, like people love this series. Like Nintendo captured lightning in a bottle with this concept. Yeah, they did. So I'm gonna go higher as well. I think we're. I think I think it has a chance to crack 14, 15. I think it's got it. Like if the campaign is better, if they 15 would put it at number eight. So and that's Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. So I'm praying it gets to 15. You know, Octo Expansion was. Like the best Splatoon content you could ask for, and that was post-release, and we're getting a post-release expansion for this game confirmed already as well. So if they 
they take what they learned through all of this and they're smart about it and they you know they make some awesome dis- like some very carefully made decisions about what they think the audience will like i think i think they got it i think so too and i think that yeah so hey we don't i'm going higher we don't got higher. much longer to find out because it's just around the corner no we do not we are we're, we are we're born ready now now we're ready for splatoon 3 well i'm I hope so. I'm glad. I hope everyone had fun listening to us talk about the batshit crazy lore of Splatoon. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to support us, the best way you can is to, you know, besides sharing it around to your friends, uh, is to leave us a review and rating on whatever platform you're listening to. I have to say that now. We usually say on Apple Podcast. On Apple Podcast is probably easiest for us to see the direct feedback, but for sure you know I, you know there's a rating system on uh on spotify, spotify now on so all on all of them so anywhere you find yourself listening to this make sure to give us a rating uh we would greatly appreciate it and yeah if you want to interact with us on our socials uh, those links will always be in the description down below as well uh, we're always down to talk uh, nintendo or any topic that you know would be good for a future show or just how you like the show anything like that we're open books so uh let us know and i guess we yeah yeah that that's that's this feel i didn't leave anything out did i no you're good that's all of it that's perfect all right well but colby would you like to to give give our viewers the send-off before we send it back to slow and bro uh to close out the broadcast as always have a good one, game. And there you have it, dear listener. Your brain like a sponge is now soaked up the unfathomably crucial knowledge of this world, directly from your two favorite truth bombers in the Splatlands. You are now mentally equipped with the ancient knowledge of our ancestors. Remain equipped and ready at all times so you may crush your enemies beneath your feet. And also be ready to equip our new line of merch. Order two graphic tees in the next two hours and get a free piece of headwear with your purchase. Links is always in the description down below. Bro, any parting thoughts for our audience today? <clears throat> Splatting an enemy with a charge is the quickest and cleanest way to take down an enemy. I recommend using a different weapon. You said it, buddy. Well, that's all the time we have, everybody. So always remember, watch your back at all times as enemies could be around any corner at any moment. See you next time, hopefully.